The following sermon is by Dan Thomas, pastor and teacher at Community Church in Edwardsburg, Michigan. If you've never visited us at Community Church, we invite you to join us at 28647 US 12 West in Edwardsburg. And now, here is Pastor Dan Thomas. If you can, I'm going to ask you to stay standing for a couple minutes. You guys can, uh, David, Faye, and David, and Jeremy can make your way down. But um, I'm going to read the scriptures while, while we're standing. So, and we're going to read from Psalm uh, 90. So if you have your Bible or your phone or whatever device and want to follow along, I'm going to read from Psalm 90 in a moment here. I always want to make sure that... Um, the Bible reading isn't something that we just do because we're supposed to and then get that out of the way so I can say what I want to say. So I thought uh, we'd really just focus on our uh, first text here this morning for a couple minutes. We have been looking here through the fall at some ways that God is not like us or the, uh, the ways that really that we're saying the ways that God is holy. And when I first started thinking about the fact that God is eternal or that he is timeless, I thought, boy, this is, this is the way that he's not like us more than any other way. But truth is, I could say that every week. Our God is holy. He is so much greater. But his perception of time is so different than us. And uh, we'll see that today, even as we begin by looking here at Psalm 90. I'm going to read the first 12 verses. Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations. I'm sorry, I should have mentioned here many times we think right away that the Psalms, they were written by David. Uh, that is true of most of the Psalms, but there are some other authors. And this one, if you have a note in your Bible, uh, you might note that this was written by Moses. But again, verse number one, Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were brought forth or or Ever you have formed the earth and the world from everlasting to everlasting you are God you return man to dust and say return O children of man for a thousand years in your sight are but a yesterday and when it is gone or as you uh, watch the night you sweep them away as with a flood they're like a dream like grass that is renewed in the morning and in the morning it flourishes is renewed and even then it fades and it withers for we are brought to an end by your anger, and by your wrath we are dismayed. You have set our iniquities before you, our secret sins in the light of your presence. For all our days pass away under your wrath. We bring our years to an end like a sigh. The years of our life are 70, or even by reason of strength, 80. Yet their span is but toil and trouble. They are soon gone, and we fly away. Who considers the power of your anger and the wrath according uh, to the fear of you? And then Moses says, so teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. You can be seated. This concept that God is timeless. Uh, in Revelation chapter 1, it says that he is the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end. That God, God is eternal. If we could take a minute and, and do the best we can to try to wrap around that for a little bit or get our minds wrapped around that for a little bit. I mean, the idea of God being timeless means this. God has no, if you want to say he never has a, uh, oh, I missed that opportunity. He has no missed opportunities. He never loses any time. He never looks and says, oh, I let that one get away. In fact, we could even say this, because God is timeless, and this might be a stretch here, but you can go with me on this. We have something that God doesn't have. If, uh, if for example, I give to Jim five minutes of my life, I cannot give that to anyone else. It's gone. God, he never gives anything away that he doesn't still have. 
Uh, he can spend time with each one of us, and it's not sacrificing time from anybody else or time from his day or anything like that. So we kind of have that. So, so with God, he is completely timeless. And because of that, I'm going to call it a generation gap. I don't, I don't know if, it's, if that's the, the best term that I, that I want to use or not. But, you know, our perception is just going to be so different because we are creatures of a specific time, of a specific generation. We are limited. Okay, now whatever generation you fit into, if you are the part of the greatest generation or you are part of the baby boomers, that's me, uh, or you are X, Y, or Z or wherever they go with that, or you're a millennial or whatever like that, we are defined in a lot of ways by our, gen by our generation, by our time period. Now, I, I have to laugh at some of the things as I watched my generation get older and find my generation saying the things we used to hear. You know, like the, the whole, uh, that's not music. <laughs> you know, that's not, that doesn't even seem like music to me. My favorite one, and I've actually heard two people my age say that this week. Why do people spend good money for pants that are ripped? I don't know why that, that cracks, cracks me up, but my generation looks and says, wait a minute, you bought those brand new, they're ripped all over the place, it doesn't make sense. That is always going to be the case where there is somewhat, if you want to say, of a generation gap. And I, I got bad news, ba baby boomers, I got bad news for us. We are very quickly becoming the old toots, <laughs> for lack of a better term. I, I hate to tell you that, and you can deny it all you want, but I was driving uh, a couple weeks ago on Saturday. I was coming back from Portello's. I'd met my daughter there, and she said, I'll ride with Dad on the way back so we can talk. So I'm riding along, I'm talking. I'm cruising down Cleveland Road, and I'm, <laughs> I find myself going 25 miles an hour. People are zipping by me, saying nasty things about my family and my ancestry and everything thing like that. And my daughter's just, Dad, accelerator, press the accelerator, uh, like that. So I'm, I realized. You know, sometimes we're just kind of, I, I was looking around here, uh, James and I refer to Dennis Hartzell as the coolest grandpa in the world, but even Dennis, he just had his third hip replaced. How does that even happen? You only got two hips. You know what? <laughs> well, I, I don't even know how that happens, and he's looking to have his fourth one replaced. I mean, I, we, I just have to admit, this whole generation thing, that is always going to be there. We're always going to look and say, well, wait a minute, you know, the, uh, you know, when I was a kid, you know, that, that type of thing. So, but when it comes to, uh, if you want to say it like this, the perception of time that we have because we have this limited generation that we see and the perception of our infinite, timeless God, it, it, there's, a, there's an incredible disparity there in how we view time. It was verses says, said that with God, a thousand years is as a day. Okay, just that we can kind of picture that, get a little gl glimpse of this. Basically, what it was saying is it's nothing. Okay, it's nothing. It's just swept away. You know, time is means nothing if you want to say it in that regard. The way it does to us, it means nothing to God. If uh, we could illustrate like this a little bit, let's, uh, let's let's think of a kindergarten class here for a second. The teacher gets up the first day of school and she says, uh, "Now, class, today is Monday. Yesterday was Sunday, and tomorrow is Tuesday." And she comes in the second day after she's had them repeat that, and she says, "Now, class, today is Tuesday." Yesterday was Monday, and tomorrow is Wednesday. You know that half the class is sitting there thinking, this teacher has no idea what she's talking about. She said today is Monday. And now today, today is Tuesday. The kindergartner mind doesn't really wrap around the whole concept very well. That's why she's going over this so slowly. Well, if you can kind of think of us like that, as far as our understanding compared to God, we're below the kindergarten level. We really do not grasp it. 
And therefore, uh, there are going to be, if you want to say, some conflicts that come as a result of the, uh, of the fact that we don't completely grasp time. There's a verse in the book of Ecclesiastes that I want to call your attention to. Uh, it says that he made everything beautiful in his time. Also, he has put eternity in man's heart. Yet so that he cannot find out what God has done from the beginning of time. Now, in um, that chapter, in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, there are some verses that whether or not you have ever heard the Bible before, you have probably heard because it made it into a song about 1965. It was recorded by a group called The Birds. It's a turn, 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 turn to everything there is a reason. They actually, that, when that was written, it was actually was written based on this passage of Scripture. It wasn't a, you know, for Bible reasons or whatever like that, but it, it does come from this. But some of you might remember there's a time to be born, a time to die. Yeah, I was thinking about that, that phrase right there, a time to die. Um, we have in our mind, when's a good time to die? You've lived a long, full life. You had a happy life, and then it is time to die, right? I mean, when both my parents passed away, I, I don't mean to be callous, but I thought it was their time. And we say that about people sometimes, okay, it was their time to go. But, you know, last week when my brother passed away, I had a little bit of harder time. I thought it wasn't his time yet. And many of you have experienced that same thing where a younger person dies and we think, okay, that is not the time. There's a time to plant, a time to pluck up from uh, that which is planted, a time to kill, a time to heal, a time to break down, a time to build up, a time to weep, a time to laugh, a time to mourn, a time to dance, a time to cast away stones, a time to gather them together, a time to embrace, a time to refrain from embracing. That's teenagers you're dating. That's, that's your line right now. You're, anyway, uh, a time to seek, a time to lose, a time to keep, a time to cast away, a time to uh, tear, a time to sow, a time to keep silence, <laughs> a time to speak, a time to love, a time to hate. For me, that's any time the Patriots are playing. A time to war, uh, a time for peace. But we, you know, we, we, we struggle with this somewhat because... Okay, we understand everything has its time, but we kind of are the ones that want to determine when the right time is for it. And, and this verse says that, you know, everything is beautiful in its time, and it is God who determines that. And for us, you know, it doesn't make sense a lot of times, the timing of God, right? So, so sometimes we're, okay, I don't, I don't get it, God, you know, why is this happening? So Moses said, in the midst of this conflict, uh, in that last verse we read, verse number 12, it's, he said, Teach us, Lord, to number our days. Teach us, Lord, to make our days count. Later on, we'll look at a verse that talks about redeeming the time. Lord, help us to do that, realizing we don't understand your perception of time. How is it we're supposed to look at it? I don't know who picked the, the songs that we sang today, but the, uh, the song that we sang just after the offering started with perfect line with I didn't even know that song that was a new one but it's just talking about you looking back looking forward we can kind of look at that that whole idea of how we go about making our days count how we go about redeeming the time and one of the first things that I I think we need to be encouraged to do is this to let go of the past to make sure that it is not the past that is uh, controlling us and if we are going to do that there's couple things we want to overcome and one of them is we want to overcome sinful nostalgia now I didn't say nostalgia I like nostalgia <laughs> I, uh, I was watching uh, I think it was the Michigan game yesterday thrilling I'm sorry that was pretty bad but um, the as I was wa watching that game they put an advertisement on and they said this week on one of the networks they're showing the cast from the past 
Now, I got excited about this. They're bringing back, like, the gang from Cheers, and they're going to be on other sitcoms. And I know I'm weird, but I got excited. I, I want to find out when that is. I, wa I want to see what these people look like now. I, I like a little no nostalgia worked in there. I am not suggesting that nostalgia is always wrong, uh, but I am suggesting that if we idolize the way things were, then we get into a problem. Okay, so a couple things just to think about with that. One of the things that sometimes we get caught in is thinking, I wish that we were back in the time before this happened. Now, there's nothing wrong with rejoicing in the past. There's nothing wrong with, you know, remembering that well. There's nothing wrong with, uh, you know, uh, reflecting on it a little bit, talking about it, definitely not with learning from it. But if I idolize it, if I covet before it, now, Fill in the blank before this happened. Maybe it's an event in your life. Maybe it's a tragic event in your life. Uh, maybe it's, <laughs> this be terrible, maybe it's when you got married. Uh, you know, but what, whatever, you know, I think, hey, I wish, I wish things, <laughs> it's not funny. Uh, but, the, the, uh, but, you know, maybe you, uh, you know, you look back and you say, man, I just wish things were back the way they were. I wish we had it then. So my life is not focused on today. It's not focused on what God is doing in my life today. But instead, I'm focused all the time on the past. Well, I wish things were. So there is a coveting in my heart for the time before this happened. The answer to coveting, uh, the scriptural answer is always gratitude. So it would be wise if I find myself in that position to stop and, and find some things that I'm thankful for in where we are now. But I don't want to spend my time thinking, oh, I wish we were back before this happened. A second thing we often, of course, focus on is the good old days. And again, we find ourselves coveting the good old days. Now, you ready for this? You guys, you ready for this? You know, a lot of times you come to church and, you know, the pastor talking about something and your parents or the older folks are looking at you going, pay attention. You know, come on, nudge the kid, make sure. Look over. Is he listening now? Preston, wake up, boy. Uh, <laughs> uh, we got to, you know, they got to get him listening now. This is, this is your turn, okay? Kids, younger generation, even your parents are here, this is your turn, okay? You can look out in the room and say, yeah, uh, you better listen right now, okay? You ready? Because let's be real honest about the good old days. They're not always quite as good as we think they were. Okay, you can say amen if you like. They're not well. The good old days. So, you know, we used to walk up here, hill to school, and back home. And that was good. Uh, you like that? The good old days, you know, when people used to die from a lot of things they don't die from anymore because medicine is so improved. When childbirth was a whole lot more adventure and many ladies lost their lives in that. That's the good old days. How about slavery? Boy, that's, that was the good old days, was, uh, wasn't it? And we can go back and sometimes we kind of fantasize about the good old days. You know, even as, as I sat actually a week ago right now, I was sitting at brunch with uh, my uh, sister-in-law and my uh, sister and her husband, and we were having a good old days discussion. We all grew up in the same little area, and, uh, you know, we were, we were laughing and having a good time remembering certain things, and we were, all oh, the good old days and, and, and this and that. But as I look back, we didn't spend a lot of time talking about the fact that among the four of us that was there, there was a couple of suicide attempts. And there was some nasty Christmases in our family where somebody stormed out on Christmas Eve and <laughs> didn't come back. We didn't, uh, in other words, we kind of edited the memories a little bit, uh, and, which makes sense. We weren't going to hey, remember. <laughs> that was terrible. We'd all left depressed. But, uh, but sometimes we remember the good old days. Now, whether the good old days were as good old days as, as we think they were or not, for me to live coveting the past, desiring to be there, 
is it going to do nothing towards helping me redeeming the days that I have now? The other thing that we need to overcome, not only uh, sinful nostalgia, but also we need to uh, overcome regrets. And I put both the uh, types of regrets, uh, regrets that we have uh, up there together, regrets for failures in the past and regrets for hurts, because the solution is the same. Uh, sometimes we're looking at the past and I made a mess of this, you know, I, I wish I had never done this. I have to live with the results of this. This is, you know, man, my, my failures of the, of the past weigh heavy. Sometimes it is something that somebody else did to us. We're hurt by that, and we allow this to control our life now, uh, whether it's something from the family in which we grew up or something. But sometimes, you know, I'm, I'm living, and that is what's controlling me. The solution to both really are found in the word forgiveness. The hymn writer wrote, he breaks the power of canceled sin and sets the captive free. And when I find my forgiveness in Jesus Christ, it helps me break and not let the failures of the past control me, but then also as I realize how much I've been forgiven, uh, that enables me and empowers me to forgive others and not let the past control me. So I'm not going to move forward. I'm not going to redeem the time well now if I am looking back at the past. Maybe we could just sum it up in those famous words, Hakuna Matata. You got to put your behind in your past, or however that was that, uh, that Timon and Pumbaa said that. But, uh, but we don't want to be stuck on looking back. We want to be able to put our past behind us, and, and also we want to make sure that we also let go of the future. We're not totally uh, consumed with that either because there is such a thing as sinful anticipation, which is one of the things that we need to overcome. And what I mean by that is, again, there's no contentment with where we are. We are always looking for that next stage. The uh, elementary school student who's saying, I can't wait for junior high, and the junior high student who's saying, I can't wait for high school, and the high school student who's saying, uh, I can't wait for college, and the college student who's saying, I can't wait to get, it, get done with college, uh, and I can't wait to get out of home, and you know, the parents, they're saying, I can't wait till my kids grow up and move out, and now I can't wait till I get grandchildren because I'm lonely and I'm bored and I don't know what to do, uh, and uh, you know, that, that type of thing, and there's always that, what is the next stage of life? I read a book a long time ago called Don't, Wa Don't Rush the Washing Machine. And it was just, the illustration was that, you know, if you skip a cycle in there, you got a problem. Maybe your clothes are, remain so soapy or they remain wet or, or something like that. But to get our focus on where we are as far as the stage of life and not constantly be thinking, hey, when that next, by the way, tell you, we're not promised that next stage of life. And we always think, hey, when I hit this, this is going to be better. Okay, when I hit this, this problem is going to go. When I hit this stage of life, everything is going to change. So I am looking uh, to the future with what I, w I think we can call a sinful anticipation. A second thing we need to overcome about the future is anxiety. I don't think I need to throw the word sinful in with that one because basically when I'm constantly worried about what the future holds, um, already I'm not trusting in God. So therefore, I'm, I'm already put myself, I, I think, in that sinful category with, with my constant anxiety. Um, <laughs> this is kind of weird, but 
a couple of months or last month, I don't know, sometime, Jody and Kelly uh, took my wife and I to this concert uh, down in a botanical garden at Elkhart. There's a group called the uh, Ragbirds. I'd never heard of them before. How many of it? Anybody else ever heard of the Ragbirds? Kelly, Jody, and me? You've heard of the Ragbirds? All right, somebody else. Uh, but they're kind of a Michigan uh, group, and uh, I just never heard heard of them and uh, we, we were up there pretty close to the front row and they played a song that is like the song that I'm walking around singing all the time now uh, it was just released actually I got I downloaded it but uh, it, it's called curious but it says I'm not afraid of growing older I'm curious to see how my story goes okay I, I says I want to choose my own direction and uh, I want to I want to see what God only knows, uh, and it is a neat little song. But but I thought, man, that is really good for me because truth of the matter is, I do have some just some anxiety sometimes. I don't like the idea of growing older. You know, that is one of the conversations I have with my sister too. You know, it's like, yeah, well, you know, this this isn't a whole lot of fun. Uh, and sometimes whatever that next stage is, you know, we're so filled with anxiety uh, in the anticipation of that. Uh, which again, if I'm going to redeem the time, I need to learn to overcome that. Uh, that anxiety. The scripture says this, Jesus said, therefore do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will have enough things you can worry about then. Sufficient is the day of trouble for, for each day. Now, this is not to say that we shouldn't have wise preparation. We should prepare in ways that are wise, though, and not in ways that are sinful. The Bible does talk about the importance of preparation in Proverbs Proverbs, it talks about the ant who prepares uh, for the times when, the, when he won't have the food, where he works in the day that he can. And preparation for the future is a wise thing. I was, I was going to try to illustrate this with, uh, with something. I have, I have a friend that um, his first wife was incredibly, we'll say frugal. You can put whatever word you want in there, cheap. <laughs> she wouldn't spend anything. Uh, and she always said, no, we've got to save that for retirement. Uh, and everything, and they really, they didn't, they didn't vacation. They said, she said, no, we got to save that for retirement. Sadly, that lady died at about 52 years of age. They didn't make it to retirement. And he was like, well, that stinks. <laughs> he got remarried a couple years later, and he ex absolutely went berserk. I am not exaggerating. In a period of 10 years, they went on 36 different cruises. He just went everywhere. Blew all the money he had. Now, uh, he's a... He's very much a hardship to his kids <laughs> because he's got nothing uh, and he has a great deal of need. And I guess what I'm saying is when you think about the future, there is a balance there somewhere between saying, yes, I am to prepare wisely, but I am not to focus on the future sinfully where I'm obsessed by it and worried about it and it is controlling my life. Because the day that we have is today. And that was kind of the, the first line in that song that we sang just after the offering today. We are called by Scripture to be redeeming the present days that we have. Making the best use of our time because the days are evil. I think the King James Version actually uses the word redeem there. Redeeming the time. Uh, redemption is what God does for us when we trust Him in trust in him we trust in him to for, for forgiveness of our sins for we our lives are purposeless they're meaningless but God comes in and he redeems them he gives them purpose he gives us focus well God says we are to be making the days count we are to be giving them purpose and focus we are to redeeming be redeeming the time again two enemies of this and things that need to be overcome when we think of the present one would be laziness and the second one would be busyness. 
Put them both up there together, they, they are very much opposites. In one, I am saying that there will always be more time. The lazy person, there's always been more time. I can procrastinate. I can put it off. No big deal. I'll always have tomorrow. Uh, but for the bu busy person, there's never enough time. <laughs> so one is saying there will always be more time, and the other is saying uh, there's never enough time. One is saying uh, that they can waste the gift that God is giving them or squander the time that God has given them that is precious, and the other is saying God just hasn't given me any enough time. Uh, I, I, I'm, you know, everything is so tight, you know, that, that I have to... Uh, I'm always stressed and I'm always uh, overcommitted and I'm always worn out and I'm exhausted because of that. And in either situation, we are not going to be able to live in that day and uh, function in a way that is making the days count and redeeming the time. Okay? So, you got it. We're going to redeem the time. Okay? Time very different than us. First of all, I want to back up a little bit. Remember what we said about this whole idea. Because I don't see time the same way as God, sometimes I struggle with what God's doing. Okay? It's perfect in its time, not perfect in my time when I think it ought to be. Okay? Uh, secondly, though, as I look at this, you know, Moses concluded by saying that uh, we are to make our days count. Okay? Uh, make, make our days count. So, therefore, we need to stop focusing on the past, coveting the way it was. We need to stop focusing completely on the future and, and coveting that day coming, not satisfied with where we are. We need to make sure that we're understanding we want to overcome our laziness and our busyness and focus on the days that we have at hand. Well, what does this look like? How can this happen? How can we invest wisely uh, our lives? Jesus said that it is possible for us to lay up treasure in heaven. He told us to do that. He said, lay up, lay up treasure in, in heaven. And this quote um, that I found this week says that God is able to bring eternal results from our time-bound efforts. I like that. God is able to bring eternal results from our time-bound efforts. But I, you know, I tried to think, okay, exactly how does that happen? You know what? Okay, so... So what does that look like? How can we be real practical with that? I thought, hopefully, you know, there, there's something today already that you thought, okay, wait, wait a minute. You know, I, I was listening to James pray earlier, and he said, hey, this is a time we want to be connecting with God a little bit. You know, what is it that God has for you today? You know, hopefully for some of you it might be, hey, wait a minute. I, I got, <laughs> I'm living in the past. I, I'm looking back there. God, God delivered me from that. Uh, you know, or maybe it's the future. I just, you know. That's it like that. Or maybe there's a laziness or, or busyness. But, but, okay, so what can we do to redeem the time? And for this, I think we can be incredibly practical. Jesus said that you can lay out for yourself treasures in heaven. You can do something that counts into eternity. If you follow through the life of Christ and the teaching of Christ, I, I feel like I could say with great confidence that the best way to do that involves the word relationships. Okay, the best way to invest in eternity is to invest in relationships. Our relationship to God and our relationship to other people. So at the bottom of your, your handout, if you looked at what you see when you came in there, I have two questions. Okay, the first question, of course, is who? And I want to encourage you to leave here today very specifically thinking, uh, asking God, in what relationship would you like me to invest? Maybe it's 
with the person sitting beside you or in the row with you. Maybe it's going to require a phone call today. But just to think, God, where would you have me to invest in somebody today? Invest some time with them. Uh, some, you know, maybe it is just a listening, a caring. Uh, maybe it's actually, you know, in a discipleship type mode. But uh, or maybe it is just, you know, time that needs to be spent with your heavenly Father. But who is it, God? that you brought me here to focus on and make sure that I'm investing in. And secondly, how? How can I do that? I, I hope you can leave here you know, writing, writing down something specific or maybe you need to fold it up and think about it and pray about it a little bit more, but I hope you leave here thinking, who would God have me to invest in? How can I? Hey, you know, this is real simple, guys. You know, maybe there's somebody at the activity this afternoon that you could take some time and invest in that you don't know. I'm talking to teenagers, you know, before you plop them with a paintball. Uh, you know, it's that type of thing. Uh, maybe mom or dad, there's a phone call that needs to be made. Maybe a phone call to mom or dad, you know, that hasn't been made for a while, that, that type of thing. But, you know, so often, uh, you know, that we have this list of things I ought to do and I'll do better. I want you to take this today and say, hey, wait a minute. What is something very specific that I can, I, I don't know about you, uh, even, you know, in my marriage, I've got a list of things that I'd like to do better. So how about if I take one of those things today and say, here's how I'm going to love my wife better today. Uh, you know, that type of thing. Just to be as practical as we possibly can with that. So, you know, many times about this time in the service, I'll say, hey, let's uh, come on up. I always like to leave you with a song. You know, I, I just like to walk out singing a song. I'm kind of weird like that. Uh, but uh, I'm going to give you, instead of doing that today, I'm going to give you some song selections that you can choose. Okay, one of them is a, there's a real old one. One of them is a contemporary one. And uh, one of them was called Oldies. Okay, the first song you might want to walk out of here singing is the hymn I mentioned before. If you Google, oh, for a thousand tongues to sing. Okay, that's a song by Charles Wesley, and you get that phrase that says, that says this. What does it say? What did I say? Oh, uh, thank you. <laughs> Thanks for coming today, James. Uh, he breaks the power of sin. I cannot remember the words of the song right now. Uh, he breaks the power, but he breaks the power of sin to me. He sets the captive free of uh, conquered sin, defeated sin. Canceled sin. Way to go. Thank you all for coming so we can finish this sermon. Uh, he breaks the power of canceled sin. Maybe that's it. Google, oh, for a thousand tongues. Get that song and stuff like that. Maybe because the past is weighing heavy. Okay, I like that. If the future is creating anxiety, okay, here, here's the song. It's called Curious by the Ragbirds. And you can walk around with me and sing, I'm not afraid of growing older. I like that, okay? Weird little song, but you can get that little tune in your, in, in your head. Or for everybody, okay? Now, this is, this is the ultimate in weirdness here. Now, you don't want to take this whole song. You don't want to study this group, or you'll probably end up smoking some wacky backy this afternoon and something like that. But there's a song by the grassroots. Did you happen to find it? No? Uh, I said, but it, it, some of you know it. It is... La, 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 la. Anybody? Live for today. You got it? La, 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 la. Live for. Now, the whole song is not a great message, okay? Uh, like I said, don't, don't, get into, don't go off into the grassroots or, or, or uh, Pastor Dan told me to smoke this. No, we won't, won't be doing that, that stuff. Uh, but if you just get that idea of, hey, today, how am I going to redeem this day? Okay? Does that make some, some decent sense? All right, let's, uh, let's do this. Let's stand together.
And you got, you got to get your own song, okay? I'm going to stand in the parking lot and listen for you singing a good song that goes with today. Uh, like that. But let's go ahead and have a word of prayer. And just, <clears throat> Lord, first of all, just uh, my prayer each week as we look at this is that we'd see how incredibly holy you are, how incredible, incredibly different you are than us. Uh, Lord, I think, uh, you know, each week there's a part of me that I need to surrender. There's part of my thinking that I need to surrender because uh, I like being God. I like being in control. I like, uh, I like taking your place. Lord, forgive us for that. Lord, forgive me for that. And help us to surrender this to you, knowing that you are actually outside of time. There's nothing that you're missing. There's nothing that, uh, that uh, is getting away from you. Uh, and help us to grow in our trust in you because we understand that you are eternal, that you're timeless. And Lord, strengthen us for the task of taking the days that we have and redeeming our time well. And Lord, you know, not that this is a complete list, but, uh, but that has got to involve investing in relationships. So Lord, specifically, would you help us today to do that, to focus well on relationships, to think about who it is that you brought us here today to think about that you brought us here to change the way maybe we're acting towards them and that uh, and how you want to cha change us this day. Uh, Lord, may we surrender to you in that way, I pray in your name. Amen. Hey, before you leave, one other thing. Um, there's a, I, I mentioned sometimes when I visit with older folks that are just waiting to pass away, it's, it's, I have a hard time sometimes telling them exactly. One thing that I do like to tell them is this. Now, I don't know if this makes any sense. Sometimes they look at me like that didn't help. But, uh, but when they get to heaven, they'll have no less time than if they'd have gone now. Does that make any sense? Okay, so in other words, I'm talking to Betty Woods, and she's saying, well, Lou gets to be in heaven ahead of me. But I said, yeah, but he doesn't get any longer there than you do. She looks at me like, well, yeah, he does. He's there now. Uh, yeah, but once you get there, you're, you're going to have eternity, so there's no way to me measure that. And look at that. And uh, so anyway, just as we think about that a little bit, the timelessness of our God, hopefully it will impact us well. You've been listening to Pastor Dan Thomas of Community Church in Edwardsburg. For more information about the church, you can visit our website, edwardsburg.church. You may also contact the church via email, info at edwardsburg.church, or call us at 269-663-2648. Thank you for listening.